Welcome to Unity Talks, where the hiring experts of Dallas-based recruiting firm Unity Search engage in lively discussion with successful business leaders to dissect their careers and how they got to where they are today, the obstacles overcome to reach their success, and steps they've taken to stay at the top of their respective fields. So listen in as we provide you with the thought-provoking conversation and ideas that keep industries moving forward. And welcome back to another edition of the Unity Talks podcast, where we talk anything and everything under the sun about the world of work. And here's the deal. Right before this event, oh, it was probably just two hours ago, I actually had to do a wardrobe change because I got to get a shout out to my company. We were involved in the Dallas Business Journal's Best Places to Work, and we just went to the event. And for the second year in a row, we were the number one company in our category. And so we were wearing our company gear and I changed Love into it. this and I'm so thankful for my company. I'm so thankful for our employees. I'm so thankful for our customers, our candidates that we get to help. I had to get that plug in before we move on to our desk. We're still floating on cloud nine here. And now I'm going to get to our guest because I'm going to be floating on cloud nine with our guest. I have looked forward to working with this guest and interviewing this guest for, I don't know, since I reached out to him maybe four weeks ago, but it probably dates back to the first time I had lunch. And I thought, I'm going to get this guy on our show. And we have him today. And his name is Wayne Gono. Wayne, welcome to the show. It is amazing to be here. Just doing a, a walkthrough of the studio. This place is so cool. I love I, it's, it. It's an honor to be able to do this with you. So thanks for the invitation. This is Absolutely. Gonna, this is going to be fun, I think. This is, Okay, so... Here's the thing, just to set the stage here, Wayne, I'm known to chase some rabbits and I really have to, I have this note card, if you're looking at this online, I've got this note card to keep me accountable to not try to, to try not to chase too many rabbits. Wayne is a professional rabbit chaser. And I never catch any. Yeah. That's you chase two and you catch none. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> we, well, I'm going to try to keep us on track, but we may end up ripping this up and then throwing it away and we're just riffing, which that'll be great as well. So Wayne, Wayne is, I don't even know what title to give here because it's chief networking officer, chief visionary officer, chief love officer. Like what, what do we even say that you do and did? Oh gosh. Well, Visionary Chief Networking Officer is the title that the third generation of our family gave me when we finally got in the owner's seat uh, in the company. Okay. So they get, they gave me that. They said, "Okay, Dad, this is what you're gonna you're gonna be called." And really, it's the only thing I've ever been good at. I've always been a visionary, and I've always been really good at networking because I just, quite frankly, I just love people. And the more I just, I love meeting people and hearing people's stories and where they're from. And it's just, it excites me. It really gets my juices flowing when I hear all these different stories about people. And so that's where networking, it's really the only thing I've been good at. My entire <laughs> career, not... I've been really good at networking and making friends. He is an amazing networker. <laughs> so I have to tell you, the, the questions I have here that I'm holding in my hand, I actually got because Wayne was a speaker at a Goldman Sachs uh, for 10,000 10, businesses, yeah. small businesses. Right. And rumor has it that there was standing room only in that to hear a lot about what Wayne said. And I don't know if it was Wayne or the title of it because the title was <laughs> Work Doesn't Have to Suck. <laughs> Work Doesn't Have to Suck, <laughs> which I love. I, yeah. I mean, that is, that is going to make, you know, I've got people looking out the door through us right now because <laughs> of that title. So... So let's start with this. You just mentioned it a few seconds ago. 
you're the you've passed the company on to a third generation. Yes. And they gave you the title of well, that's what you are. You're the networker. You're the visionary yes. person. But you assume the company from the first generation. And so how did that how did that transition of the business go from one to two, which is you? Okay. Let, let me preface it with this. My wife and I are high school sweethearts. We just celebrated 51 years of being friends and being in love, 46 years of holy matrimony, and 43 years we've worked together in our family business. That's a lot. Now, most of my friends say, that's like the perfect storm for divorce. <laughs> Uh, and because most of the guy friends I they said I can't work with my with my spouse. Well, when God brought the two of us together, we literally became one because she is gifted completely the opposite of me. I could not do her job. I'm not wired that way. She could do my job, but she didn't want to. Mm. She's an introvert. Mm. I'm an extrovert. I love what I get to do. But so, oh, ask me the question again. I had to get that <laughs> out there because I mean it's, it's just really cool that we have done what we've done for so long. And not that it's always easy, especially in business, yeah. to be married. And actually, I work for her because we're 100% woman-owned, mm -hmm. but we've been with each other 51 years. I think we're going to hold this out. And, and I think so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think so. Well, I'm, I'm, I may abandon this question real quick because of something that you just said, okay. which is how, how do you – we may have a listener who's like, yeah, I, I'm in business with my family member. Is there is – there, when you leave the office, do you leave it at the office? Do you take it home? Like – how, how does that work? Are you still trying to figure it out? <laughs> uh, no, not not trying to figure it out. Now, when the uh, when the children were young, and we went through, I mean, can can I can, can I give you the history of of the company Let's first? Because that that will that was kind of set the stage for let do it for, to answer that question. And I have to read this because my wife is detailed. I'm not. If she were to answer these questions, they would be a different. They would sound different. But I I speak from the the heart with emotion, and she's facts and details. Okay. And if I don't get these details right. And she hears this, she's going to be irritated at me. So I had to, I had to write this down. All right, all right. I like <laughs> okay. it. So the business was started by Patsy's, by my, my wife's dad in 1970. Patsy joined the, the business in 1977, and I joined it in 1980. So that's the 43 years of working together. Now, in 1994, we experienced a major family dysfunction over generational – How it was always assumed – who was going to take over when, when dad was going to step aside? Mm -hmm. It was assumed. There was no plan. And you don't do that. <laughs> that I, we learned that. So that it became, it became really, really ugly for just several years. And we wound up, uh, it, it, it split the family. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was ugly. It, it hurt. It hurt in our industry because our industry, the plastics industry, so it's really a small industry. And... It was hard for eight years for Patsy and I to just to dig through that. And the children went through, as, as high school and junior hires, they went through that with us. With you, yeah. And they saw the turmoil, what it did to their grandparents, what it did to us. Mm -hmm. And in one day, they lost their aunts and their uncles and their cousins. Mm. And it was, it, that was, a, it was a killer for, for everybody. So we knew what didn't work going from first to second generation. And we were determined if the children ever wanted to come in to work with us, there's things they were, they were going to have to do before they could even step in because it, it was it just it didn't it didn't work Cause, because there wasn't a plan. Yeah. You've got to have an exit strategy from I like saying begin with the end in mind. Yeah. And most entrepreneurs don't. They start their business and they're not even thinking about the end of it. 
but be prepared all the time to start that. And they, they really didn't. There was no plan. It was just assumed who was going to take over. Mm-hmm. And assumptions don't work right. at all. Yep. Does that answer your question? Yeah, no. Okay. That can happen. Well, I'm just sitting there thinking about that. I mean, that can absolutely get ugly because oh, it, everybody's making their own assumptions they are. about what's going to happen. And when it doesn't come to fruition, yeah. that's what will light a family on fire and burn the bridge down. Yeah, and, and I could tell stories, but that really throws people under the bus that I just don't want. I yeah. wouldn't want to do that. Yeah. Because it was just, I don't know, it just, well, it was a long, long, almost, it was eight years before we dug ourselves out of a hole. Well, you know, I could imagine, I'm trying to put myself, you know, not not even just in your shoes, because you've handed it down to the third generation, right? And I could I could see your kids. Okay. I'm going to correct. We, it wasn't handed. They okay. had to earn it. True. Yeah. True. And, 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 I appreciate and, the correction. Now, now, we got handed. Right. Because Dad just got tired. He called us in and says, I can't do this anymore. Wayne, you're president. Patsy, you're CFO. I, I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. Okay. So on one day... We got, yeah, we did get handed a business, and we didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. I worked I worked out of the house selling. She worked part-time in accounting. We knew nothing about running a business. Mm. All we knew is we better circle our wagons, and we need to go get all of our friends that are very successful that can help us walk through this because we don't know what we're doing. We didn't know that. So they, we just had so many partners, friends, that came alongside of us to walk us through that. And they did this for eight years. Wow. They were just, they got so, I mean, they were teaching us about inventory, they had everything, because we didn't know. I was a sales guy. Yeah. She was in accounting. Yeah. I mean, sales guys don't know how to run, at least I didn't know how to run a company. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was fun to learn the way we did, because if we had been, if we'd been handed, if he'd walked away and this business had been successful, it would have been completely different. It was, it was successful, but it was, we just had to learn because it, it was, so, it was so disruptive. Right. So we just had to learn things we would not have learned. And I just took great joy in the things we learned because this is how you learn them. Yeah. In the tough times. Yeah. I'll, I'll, where my original question was going, I'm going to come back to it. Okay. But I want to pause on this is how you learn during the tough times. Yeah. Like, you, you know, you got to go through the storms of life yep. to come out on the other side. And you have to have a willingness to learn and go through those storms. Right. It's like, you know, I... You, you probably know this, but I, uh, I've often thought about, you know, the buffalo and the cows, right? The cows run away from the storm. They head east when a storm's coming over the Rocky Mountains, yeah. and they end up staying in that storm longer, and the buffalo square their shoulders, and they go right into it. And so their time in the storm is a lot shorter, yeah. right? And I'm sure that that had a lasting impact and shaped how you view the business moving forward. Yeah, it, it, it definitely did. Because we, we wouldn't have had to dig in like we did to learn everything about business. Everything. You also said you surrounded yourself with friends mm-hmm. who helped you out. And to me, that's a lot of what we talk about on this show is mentors. Finding those yeah. mentors to help you in your career. And it can be whether you're just an individual, you're an accountant sitting in a cubicle doing right. your job or you're running a bit, just because you're trying to learn to run a business does not mean you don't need a mentor or mentors in your case yeah. that are there to help you. And so you first have to find the people that are willing to give yeah. and, and surround you. Well, we were very fortunate that we had a, we had a circle of friends forever that have, we had people that, that, that mentored our children from, a, from an early age. They just kind of took them in. It was, I can't say it was an intentional but it, it just happened. So they just mm-hmm. had adult friends that came alongside them 
and just help them grow up with us. So it, it, it took a village yeah. of all kinds of friends, and so we turned to a lot of them, business men and women, mm-hmm. that helped us walk through the things that, because I mean, when I say we, we didn't need, I think the only thing we really knew is we, we knew where the money was. It's either in, in receivables, it's in inventory, or it's in the bank. Well, we didn't, we didn't have a whole lot of receivables. We had a massive amount of inventory, but we didn't have any money in the bank. So that's when, once we learned that, we're like, okay, we got to correct that. <laughs> yeah. So we basically lived off our inventory for a number of years because wow. it was, from what we knew, it was, it was excessive right. for the amount of sales we had. Right. So there's right. common sense stuff we knew, right. but we didn't know all the nitty-gritty stuff. Okay, so now I'm going to go back to that question okay. that I had. See, I chased a rabbit, didn't Yeah. I? No, no, you didn't. This, <laughs> okay. I actually wanted to pause on that okay. for a second, but you had said your kids mm-hmm. saw what happened. Yes. Aunts, they lived uncles, it. they lived it. Yep. And they earned the opportunity to be in the business now, okay? Okay. Um, did they ever not want to be associated with the business because of what they saw and I lived would, through? The, from my perspective, yes. And we we had two rules with our children growing up, Okay. Uh, when they, especially when they got into high school. It, we never talked, it was never dinner conversation where we talked about them coming into the family business with us. I, Patsy and I never remember a time where we discussed that with our children. But we had two things we wanted them to do before they even thought about coming to work with us. One, try college. College was not for me. I, I just, I despised high school. Patsy drugged me through high school. <laughs> I mean, she literally, she, 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 she made me, I mean, I, I was a horrible student and she made me go to college. I wasn't going to go because I, 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 I didn't like high school. Oh, you're probably going to like college. Mm. Well, I tried it. She got me grants because I didn't have any money. So she did all this stuff for me to go and I go and I do it. I go for a semester. I'm like, I can't do this, hon. <laughs> I don't like school. So I figured I could sell stuff. So we wanted the children to go to college. Try it. And then whether they graduate or not, they need to go chase their own passion, whatever that is. We didn't care what it was, but you need to go chase that at least for three years before you even think about coming and talking to us about getting the business. And they both did that. My daughter always wanted to teach school. We've got video of her setting up all of her babies when she was young, and she, she's setting them all up, and, she, and she's teaching these dolls. And it, it was fun to see it, but she always wanted to be a school teacher. So she got a degree from A&M, went to Richardson. She taught school, I guess, for three or four years before she came to us when her husband got the he went to work for Deloitte in Houston mm-hmm. and he, so he's going to get his MBA in, in tax CPA he's got a hard all job. the stuff you don't like yeah, all the that stuff we I, said I, earlier yeah, so all the stuff I, I do not like all, but, <laughs> but, that, but that's Stephen so he's so they're going there and she said Stephen's moving to a Houston have you got anything in the company that I can do because I don't really want to teach in the Houston school district and at that time we had no exit strategy. We were, we both we were both in our sixties, and we were trying to figure what are we going to do. We, what are we going to do with this? Because the kids, she was Amy loves teaching school from mm-hmm. our perspective. Mm-hmm. Now Chad did a startup with three fraternity brothers right out of college, and we really didn't even know he was planning that. There's a way longer story to, to that, but he we when he graduated, we put him on a plan to go to Colorado Springs where they were opening up a store. And because the oldest of the three fraternity brothers, he, he had known these guys ever since they were in first grade. Okay. So they were very, very close. close yeah. Uh, so the oldest one went and started a place in, in uh, St. Louis, and then he went to Colorado Springs the, when he graduated. 
And in uh, this is where Patsy gets mad because I, I I don't really know all the numbers, but they I forget how many stores they grew it to, but they were in excess of thirty million in seven years. And he wow. was blowing and going and having fun, and and I'm thinking that they're they're not interested in this. They're having a blast. Mm-hmm. They both they both got married in 2012, and Chad was living in Oklahoma Oklahoma City. It was 2014. They had opened a couple stores there, and he calls me up. He says, "Dad, I need to meet with you and Mom." Chad doesn't use that kind of language. I need to meet with yeah, you. Yeah, real formal. Yeah, official. it's like yeah, it's like uh, he's like, oh, come on, and chill. Let's have some yeah, beers. Yeah. Let's grill. It's that kind of because yeah. as a millennial, he just wants to have, he wants to do things and have fun. Yeah. Not I need to meet with y'all. So he he comes down to Oklahoma City. We have lunch, and he says, I'm ready to cash out of this. Hmm. I want to I want to come back home. Have you got anything in the family business in the business that I can do? And immediately I'm thinking, yeah, my job. Because <laughs> you're going to be better at it than that I've ever thought about being. So they both came uh, came on board around the same time. But how, how long ago was this? This was uh, 14. Okay. Yeah. For, okay. In 14, then he said he said what was really funny. He said, "Okay, you can't tell Amy. Amy's married to fraternity brothers of him and his partners." Yeah. So he said, "If you tell him, it's going to get out on the street." So he said, "It's going to take me about 90 days before I can get everything settled, get out of the house, and move to Dallas." And I mean, at that point, we. I mean, I remember I wept because we had, with no exit strategy, God just, this was a dream we never dreamt and a prayer we never prayed that, that they would want to come and join us. And when they both came like 90 days apart from each other, unbeknownst to each other, we're like, you know, Lord, that's, whoa. So we came up with a, you know, an unwritten plan of how they can get into our seats. And it took, uh, I don't know how many, how many it might take two or three years before they completely took over the leadership and through EOS got us into the owner's box and relieved us of all the day-to-day responsibilities and now they're running it and they have blown it up in, I mean in a good way yeah they're just totally blown it up it's, it's it's fun to watch your kids have fun a hundred percent yeah that's what you want yes as a parent that's what and now your grandkids you yeah. know and you just you just want to you want to enjoy that time of life that brings you joy yeah, and it, it brings other people joy and then you pass it forward to other people so yeah. i love that you 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 used an interesting word and i want to i want to go back to this word because okay. you, you said Uh-oh. one of the rules was they needed to go do something for three years uh-huh. and chase their you didn't say job you said their passion their passion yeah. what, what passion yeah not a job not no a, passion what 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 do you love i mean every it, You've heard the saying, if, if, if you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life. Yeah. I wanted them to find something that wasn't like work, a passion. That was teaching for my daughter. I mean, she's always wanted to do this. And Chad, and I knew he was an entrepreneur because all through all through high school and into college, he's selling Nike basketball shoes because he's a, he's a big basketball player. So he's selling used Nike basketball shoes online. While he's in high school, I'm like, "Who's buying used?" <laughs> yeah, but, but that's I, what I'm thinking. I, I'm getting these boxes that come in UPS or FedEx, and he's bringing them in, take them up to his room, and he resells them. And I thought, oh, "Okay, that's I don't know who buys these things, but he was selling used yeah. basketball shoes." So he he had an entrepreneurial spirit about him. Yeah, we just didn't know how big it was. Yeah, it was really big. But so they were they were they changed their passion. That's really he cool. loved what he was doing, and you could tell. You know, it's really it's really interesting you say that because I'm thinking of the time in life when you are coming out of college mm-hmm. or, you, or you didn't want to make it all the way through college. 
but it's a great time to chase your passion yeah. because you're not saddled. And, I, and I'm using saddled in a good way. Right. You know, I mean, I'm, I've had a wife and kids since I was in college, right. you know, but there's, there's a financial burden. There's a responsibility that's there. But for most people coming out of college, they don't have all of that. And so right. it allows you to take that risk without much downside. Yeah. Right. And it's I, just you. Exactly. Nobody's depending on you. Yeah. So it's just you. Yeah. And that's that's a time in life where you can chase a passion. Yeah. And it was, it was fun to see both of them do that. Well, so fast forward, you had said it was assumed early when we talked about who was going to get the business mm-hmm. and it was assumed and it tore the and now both of your kids want to come back into the business within roughly 90 days of each other. Mm-hmm. And you'd stated, you know, I really like to think of begin with the end in mind, which is a Stephen Covey mm-hmm. quote. Yep. Um, did that start the time where you were planning, okay, now we, we actually need to get the plan or had you and your wife already had a little bit of a plan to exit the business? I think yes and no. In, in our heads we did. Now this wasn't a written plan where we sat down with the kid. I mean, we, we probably had some conversations with, with, with both of them together. Like Patsy is, is a brilliant financial wizard as is my daughter. She, they're both amazing. So Patsy came alongside Amy and helped train her on the financial part end of our business. You know, doing the financial statements, getting it just, she's, we, we got her a, a fractional CFO to come alongside her to train her. We got them both a life coach to help to work together and just, and grow in their roles because the business has grown so much. I mean, Patsy used to do four financial statements. Now Amy produces 18 mm. financial statements. I mean, she's really, really smart at what she does. When I had in our board meeting, because we have some outside members that are on our board that get business, and they just, they're just amazed. And one of them mentioned our children. They were at the hospital the day that they were born. And he just says, man, these kids are unbelievable, the things, you know. He can ask my daughter. This guy's been on the board of 20 different banks. Yeah. The man knows yeah. finance. And he will ask Amy a question in one of our board meetings and he says, she always has the answer. And it doesn't matter how deep the question is. And she's 36. Mm. And she's only been doing this in this role for, I don't know how many, four or five years. So she's just grown unbelievable, as has my son as a leader in the company. I mean, it's just, it's funny. Everywhere I go now, everybody knows my son, Chad Gono, because he's so big on social media. Yeah. And he just, he's very passionate about the, the phrase, work doesn't have to suck. Yes. I mean, it, I told you earlier, I don't know that I could even get a job at our company today. <laughs> if yeah. I, as an owner, I don't know that I, I could qualify for a job. I'm a baby boomer. Yeah. I'm 69. I don't live in that world <laughs> that they live in. Yeah. But it's fun to sit at 30,000 feet and watch it. It's awesome, Wayne. It's just, it's an organism that has just bolstered and bloomed and it's just going crazy. All from the leadership of the our two children and the teams that they've built. Okay, okay. So we gotta we gotta talk about this real quick because okay. we touched on this on Tuesday when you and I were chatting real quick. Um, the business exploded. Mm-hmm. I mean, over the past few years, it's exploded here. Right. Um, what are, in your opinion, uh, being able to sit in the owner's box and and look down? What do you think are the top two to three reasons the business has exploded? Okay, I'll get. I have to give a plug for the foundation I'm on, Biz Owners Ed. Okay. 
bizownersed.org. Check us out. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's a it's a foundation that is we are geared to serving the entrepreneur world and come alongside of to help them, and we don't charge them for it. We have forty roughly forty speakers, mentors. We do a class once a year. And, and we have a class of 12, but over the years, we've had 200 people in the gallery listening to these. And these aren't professors. These are real live boots on the ground. I've done it, men and women, that talk about every phase of business you can possibly think of. So Chad went through that class. And out of that class is what he brought to us. He brought Culture Index, which is a, it's a platform where they just go in and check off things that they're, they're good at. It's just two pages. It doesn't mm-hmm. take you 20 minutes to do it. And that will... <laughs> surprisingly enough, it'll nail who you are and what you're good at and will you fit the role because we have job descriptions for everything. Mm-hmm. So when they do that that survey or whatever, whatever they call it, uh, they get a printout, a very detailed printout about what this person is good at and what they're not good at, what they like to do, what they don't like to do, both professionally and, and in, their, in their, their life. In life, yeah. And it is it's one of the most fascinating things I've ever seen. So that completely restructured our business early on. Because when I did it, I'm, I'm looking at it, okay, wow, I've been the CEO, and I should never have been the CEO. <laughs> I don't, that's not, yeah. well, I, I was because I was a trusted family member. Yeah. That literally, that's really the only reason. Patsy lined right up with a CFO. So that started everything. You know, some of the people that were there that, that were baby boomers, they really didn't like that because it's, uh, that, that helps the accountability part. And then he, he came to us with EOS, Entrepreneurial Operating mm-hmm. Systems. Well, when that took hold, uh, that began to change everything. Because it just, okay, if you're a football fan, you know, Vince Lombardi, what did he do every season with his, with his new, new guys and, and the old team? He held up a football. Gentlemen, we're going back to the basics. We're going to block and tackle. We're, and that's, EOS does that for businesses. I mean, we were running a business. We, we were okay. We, I would say, yeah, we, we were doing pretty good. But through EOS, we passed pretty good to Majestic. All because of the, just that platform and how everything functions and the accountability that comes mm-hmm. with all of that. And those were the two things that Chad got out of his owner's head that he brought to us. Both of them weren't cheap, but I had to put the owner's hat on and say, okay, these aren't cheap. And I'm, at first, I'm looking at this. This is expensive. Yeah. And then I had to realize, no, it's not. This is an investment. Culture Index was a home run that Chad brought to us. And I just knew, well, he brought lean manufacturing, but that's free, and it was fun to do. Mm-hmm. But when he brought us the EOS, I was, you know, I don't even need to hear this presentation. Hire, hire the coach and let, let's go, because you've, you've already hit two home runs. Yeah. I, I'll trust you. We were both sitting, Pat and I were both sitting in the room. Yeah, just go ahead and do it. I'll finish the presentation, but we don't have to. Run with it. And he, we still got the same coach, Jill Young, who is dynamite with EOS. Love it. And they still, uh, you could get rid of them, but are, are your implementer, but they keep Jill because they say, you know what, she holds our feet to the fire. She's yeah. an outside influence because I'm glad they did that because, in my opinion, if you self-implement that, it's just too incestual. Mm. You might have you might have a room full of people that really not won't tell you what they're really thinking. Yeah. Because I might hurt somebody's feelings or my boss is going to get mad at me. So I can't say what I'm really thinking. Jill, you have an outside implementer. That's a game changer because they call you, they'll call you on the card because they, those implementers know your business very intimately. And 
they'll call you out really, really quick. Well, it gets you away from groupthink. You can get that yes. groupthink where everybody's just thinking the same thing because yep. you eat, sleep, and breathe it exactly. together. Yeah. Right? And then, you know, like you said, and I think this is so good, um, conflict is good. Most people want to run from conflict. Yeah. Good conflict. Healthy conflict is yeah. good. Unhealthy conflict, we're not talking about that. But good conflict <laughs> to promote a business, and you need that. You yeah. need someone who's yeah. willing to... Well, what if we didn't do? I know y'all are all saying that, and we're going down this path. Yeah. But this path over here might—we might need to explore this path over yeah. here. Now, and I've heard Chad say in, in his their L ten meetings, which they have weekly. If there's not conflict, he'll create it because mm. more comes out of it. Yeah. Now that team—that's just their team. There's no outside. Matter yeah. of fact, we sat on that. Uh, I sat on the L ten team for maybe about a year, and then we realized we don't need to be sitting in here. This, this, this we're beyond we're not beyond this but now that we're in the owner's box we're not making the decision mm -hmm. we don't even want to comment because i typically go back i even say this in the board meetings well back in the old days and they, they, they don't care about the old they days they do not care but, about but, but i catch myself saying yeah. that as a board member we you know back in the day and i really have to rein myself in. okay quit saying back in the day don't even let's talk about today i i fall into that same category yes. when i because we have a lot of people who for that work for our company that you know, they've got five or less years of recruiting experience. And I'm like, well, back in the day, we didn't even have LinkedIn and right. we didn't have all these other things. <laughs> yes. You've got, you know, and I'm like, I need to really like catch myself, hold right. myself in check because they don't care. They, they no. don't resonate with that. that these are not the old days. Okay. But we just talked about employees. Uh -huh. Okay. And they don't care. They don't resonate with back in the old days. But here's what I'm interested in. That's a lot of change in a short time it frame. I call our culture today, I, I call it radical. It's just, and, and I think the success of any company to me is the culture. Mm -hmm. I mean, why'd you win that award? Probably because of the culture you've created in this company. And it is, it's easy to have a, easier to have a startup and create a culture than it is to have at the time a 45 year old company and you're creating a whole new culture. People don't like it. I, I could imagine. They just, they're like, I mean, I had a lot of the guys that we've worked with for decades come in, have a meeting with me. Are you really going to let Chad and Amy do this? I had several that you really want. You're really going to let them do this. Well, uh, people don't want to. They don't. No, that they don't generation want doesn't want to change. No. You said a lot of baby, baby boomers, boomers are, don't want change. They want to do the same thing they've always done, and I, I get that. And in some ways, that was Patsy and I. Mm -hmm. But we had the wisdom enough to really. There's only one thing that I that we can take credit for as the business has grown just so much at their leadership, we had the wisdom to get out of their way. Mm. And generational business owners typically don't. You want to give the new and the new young leadership coming in, you want to give them the responsibility, but you want to hang on to the authority. That does not work. Once you turn the reins over, they get the responsibility and the authority and then you hold your, that you hold them accountable for both of those because so it doesn't work and responsibility without authority it, uh, it, it, it's a, it's horrible so ha so how what were those discussions like with the employee like you know they're coming to you they're like are you really letting them do this like wh how does that evolve because you've obviously created a fantastic culture people are staying with you you've gone from doing i think you said four financial statements to 18 different financial statements and that's a lot of growth yes H how 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 did that transition occur? Like, what was the key? 
getting out of their way. I mean, because when when you know when you've got people that you worked with for decades, I think we might have had four or five baby boomers that have stuck with us, and but the rest of them, they I, I can't I can't do this. Okay, I I mean I, I'm sorry you can't do this, but. I'm not running the company anymore. It was hard for them to understand. Even our industry had a hard time understanding that we are stepping aside. They would call me and, and want me to answer questions about product or our inventory. I'm like, wait, I'm not who you need to be talking to. We've got a team of nine young people. You want to talk about inventory and who's going to be buying what? Talk to Nick Gross. Don't talk to me. You're calling the wrong guy here. That was hard for even our industry leaders to understand that Pat's and I were no longer making decisions it, and it, it kind of ticks some of them off yeah because they're baby boomers yeah and they're not getting what the kids are doing yeah and i'm sure a lot of them thought well i don't like this conversation so i'm just going to go around this person and i'm going to talk to wayne and get it done and that happened more than i like to see happen but it, we're past that now yeah we deal we don't have that to, and really it was an emotional turmoil i didn't see coming when I when we stepped aside and all of a sudden I have no day to day responsibility in a company that we've worked in for for forty some years, I did not see that coming at all. Hmm. I thought, wow, this is going to be great. No, it wasn't. It, it wasn't that great. Why? At first, well, because you've always been the guy. You were the you know I, I was I was Chad. I was the face of the company. I was out there. I was you know. I was in our trade association, the board. I was president of the trade association. I, mean, I was the, I was out there with everything going on, and all of a sudden, I have nothing in the company anymore. So you feel like you lost your purpose? Yes, I did because they weren't they weren't even calling me that. Because when we first started out, uh, there I was the visionary was going to be just big relationships. Mm -hmm. I would still handle the uh, you know the manufacturers. I would handle our big accounts. Handle them meaning entertain be entertained by the vendors and keep that relationship going and entertain our bigger accounts. And that just never happened. And I get it. That Why do you want to keep an old guy when you've got a whole 20s and 30-year-olds 30 running everything? They don't need me in the mix of that. But it took me a while to figure that out. It, I mean, there's still times in college I wish they'd ever call me for anything. But, but they don't. You're, to not be needed... When you are always needed, yeah. and all of a sudden you're not. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't count on that. Yeah. So I when when I, when I talk to other business owners, generational stuff, I tell them, you know, be prepared for that because that's not. That's why a lot of, of generational, the ones, the the elder leaders, why it's hard for them to step aside because they're mm -hmm. like, I cannot, can I do this? And a lot of them can't. Yeah. And then I feel sorry for the generation that's coming in, because that just creates turmoil that you did you don't want. Because we went through it. I, I just don't want another business owner to have to go through that on either side, either yeah. as the generation leaving or the generation coming in. Because it, uh, it can get way ugly. That's so wise, though, to know, uh, and, and maybe it's learned, that you've got to release the vine and the vine will take off. Yeah. You know, and you just have to be willing to do that. The other thing I, I picked up, you used, when you were taking over the business, you and Patsy used friends. Right that you got with those were those mentors we right. talked about uh -huh. chad's mentors were biz owners ed yes you and, know and so y'all both had yes that same one was a friends that y'all hang around and they were a good businessman right. the other one was we've got this class and it's still the same thing and it what is. you gained out of it and what he gained out of it yeah. are so similar in how to run a business 
different ways of yeah. running the business, right? But very similar that helped the keep the company together and then just explode. Yeah, because business owners, it, it, it's a forty-hour business MBA. That, that, that's how I describe it. Because you cover it's 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 a ten-week class, four hours every Tuesday evening for ten weeks, and you cover every aspect there is in a business in very deep detail, and it's just it, it's powerful. So he yeah, that's where he learned all of that. That's what it's. I, I give I give biz owners Ed his success because of what he gleaned there and mm-hmm. what he brought to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Okay, here's my here's I'm gonna try to make this the last question I ask you, and I'm gonna try not to ask other questions because we're running out of time here, okay. and it's unexpected. So I'm gonna put you on the spot okay. here. All right. Okay. Um, we talked a lot about accountability mm-hmm. uh, previous in a conversation. And I was telling you how it's just so hard. It's so hard. And then you talked about how Jill Young, I mean, she will just hold your feet to the fire. Yep, She's she the outside person and she is just going to, and that's accountability and you yep. need that. Why is it so hard and what is so great about it? Well, it's, it is the biggest part of our culture today. The biggest part. Now, can, can I read you something? Yes, here? absolutely. Let me, let, me, let me find this here. Okay, here's our, this is the, this is what the team came up with that is the biggest part of our culture. It's we're courageously candid with one, and they really are. They don't mind contention. They don't mind debating, being creative, correct, courageously candid. We have the tough talks, be humble and trustworthy, be willing to give and take feedback and say what you're thinking. They hold each other to that very very well and they've worked together for a long time so they're good at the second one is be willing to learn improve and grow team over self we encourage each other we never go through the motions we laugh a lot and we are competitive that's that's what that's what they wrote the last one is all in and play to win we are willing to fail Mm. we love to take on new responsibilities things change and we love it try fail learn tweak try again these, these guys are so, guys and gals, are so candid with one another and so open and honest in their meetings. It's just, they're just accountable to each other. Now, a lot of people say, well, you really can't be accountable to anybody but yourself. And that, there's a, there is some truth to that. Mm-hmm. Just you got to be accountable to yourself first. But I've just never seen a group of, uh, well, I've never worked with another group of young people like this that are so intentional about the accountability. And Quite frankly, EOS drives that, and they, they came out of this with EOS, mm. and it's just, it's, I mean, it's just, it's powerful stuff. Yeah. It, accountability is, because I, I do think partially it's right, it's, it's hard to, you need to be self-accountable first, mm-hmm. and that's, I think, that's the hardest thing to do, but these, I think, okay, am I even going to admit I need to be, I need to hold myself accountable for whatever? Mm-hmm. Uh but they do a really, really good job across the board of holding everybody accountable because they don't put up with things like Patsy and I did yeah. with employees. That we, we were that was probably at one of our weakest points. We kept people around that we shouldn't have kept around. Uh, yeah. Today they call them terrorists yeah. in our company. Yeah. You know, yeah, back then we called them cancer. They were cancerous. Yeah. Well, we would keep them because oh, but we really like them. Yeah, your heart goes out. Yeah, they, you know you you can't fire them now no matter how bad because well, it's Christmas. Well, they had this, yeah. I mean, it, seriously, we would come up with more reasons to keep people we knew we needed to get rid yes. of because of this. Yeah. And they just have these candid talks with people. 
So you hold them accountable. They got three strikes. You're out. You know, but I, I I'm, I'm not going to ask. A, I'm like, don't ask a question, David. Here's the thing. There's a culture of love in that company. Yes. And so they're able to have those really challenging conversations yeah. and know at the end of it, no matter what happens, I still love you. Yeah. You know, I still, we're, we're still good. Yeah. It's not like I'm going to, assuming the person's not doing some like crazy, egregious, violating core values, yes. things yeah. like that. Right. No yeah. tolerance for that. Right. And that's what allows you to have those conversations, yes. but yet it's still hard to it, do. Well, it is in, unless you're ingrained in that culture. Yeah. You, you got to have everybody buying that. Here's something that Chad wrote not long ago. It was, do you remember the great resignation? Oh, yeah. Where everybody was leaving. Oh, yeah. Well, this is something he wrote and posted. And I thought this is just genius because it describes us, our company to a T. He says, you know how many employees we've lost in the last four years? He says, we only lost three. We have 125 employees and only three have chosen to leave. Now, they've let people go, but only three chose to. He says, if employees are leaving you for more money, don't just raise the salary. Fix your leadership. People don't leave just because of more money. They leave because they don't feel valued. They leave because no one ever gives them feedback. They leave because they have no autonomy. They leave because the organization cares more about profits than their well-being. Chaz always says, people before profits, Dad. Always people before profits. They, they leave the organization because the core organization cares more about profits than their well-being. And in general, they leave because they have a bad boss. Chad says, fill your company with selfless and humble people who lead with love, his words, hmm. and the great resignation isn't going to be your problem. It'll be your competitions. I mean, I've never, these, these teams genuinely love each other. Yeah. And it's fun to watch that in board meetings. I mean, they'll hug each other when they leave. I love you. And, and they, they're, they're like brothers and sisters. And it's a culture. We had culture in our company when we were running it, but it ain't like this. Wow. Okay. We're going to leave it with that. Okay. That is, that is the mic drop moment of this podcast because that is so good. We covered so many things. We covered mentors. We covered begin with the end in mind. Um, we've covered accountability. And all those things are so good, and we want to leave it with that little quote that you just read. That is fantastic. I'd come back. Yeah, we, I got a lot you know more what? stories. I, I bet you did. We we would come back and have a lot more stories on a bunch of different things. Absolutely, it's fun. Wayne, thank, well, thank you so you. much. I appreciate it. Yeah. You know what? I love you. I love you too. I love I love Wayne. Wayne has never met a stranger and I love that about him. You know when you get on the elevator, he faces everybody. He doesn't turn around to face the doors. I learned that today and I think it's awesome. Engage people and love them everywhere. <laughs> it's great. To our audience who is listening, thank you so much for joining us on these podcasts. Every other week we try to meet with a business leader, have them on here and learn from them and I hope you get as much out of it as I do. Until next time. If you're looking for the next step in your career or the missing piece for your team, Unity Search has you covered. Whether it's finance and accounting, tax services, information technology, or human resources, Unity Search is here for you with experienced and dedicated hiring professionals. Reach out today and take the next step. Unity Search, placing you first.